Okay, so <laughs> is that get, it? Is we starting? I want, I want to get right back to the voice yeah. <laughs> and just repeat. <laughs> Yo, so how was the voice for you? It was great. It was. I have nothing negative to say about it. It was. So uh, who? Okay, who were all the who were all the judges on it? I had Kelly Rowland, who I went with. She's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> And she's sassy. Like, is she? Yeah. What's her personality like? <sighs> it's hard not to like stereotype on this, but she's just like the black sassy chick. Like that's her like attitude queen, but like really nice. But so, so how like how close do you actually get with your judges? Like um, I know there were some judges that were having sex with their contestants on one season. Mm. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm do, do we know this, do we? <laughs> I, think, I think it reminds it oh, rhymes with Melter Mudrum. <laughs> <laughs> there was allegations, and I think the and I think the other maybe it wasn't the voice. Uh, what's his name? Red Foo. I think there was what? some weird stuff around him as well. Really? And, yeah. He would. Yeah, he would <laughs> easily yeah, he get it. Ah, uh, yeah. In his prime in two thousand nine. Well, he, <laughs> he that, was knows, like, that was ten years ago now. He knew How that his his that fame had bad. an expiry date. He knew that. He knew that. So, yeah, that's true. Capitalize on that. Um, but yeah, how close do you actually get? Like, do you become friends? Do you, do you send SMSs to each other? Does she invite you like, like no. barbecues? What's the deal? I mean, it depends how far you go. Um, how far did you go? Uh, top 48, I think it was. Right. Um, it's about you get a few sessions with them, work through your song choice. Pretty much every time you see them, you're on camera. So, there's really? no like outside, you know. Um, interaction. Talking, yeah, interaction. Yeah. It's pretty much just if you, if it's a scheduled camera session, which is usually just a rehearsal. So, how many hours would you have had with her? In total, over the whole thing, maybe four or five. Two, maybe two. Maybe. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So not that much. Not that much. It, most of the time, you might be resetting or reshooting, or um, you know something that didn't go right in that in that scene. So it's like. Yeah, two hours maybe. <laughs> so you play over the same conversation if they miss something. Sometimes, yeah. Most of it you can just kind of roll with it because they do want the natural reactions to things. But you it's know, basically an acting gig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your our reactions don't really redo it, but it's more like her because she's such a big brand. Yeah, and name. It's like if she didn't want to be represented that way, or if the d- producer didn't want her to be. Yeah. How many people is she rolling around with? Um, yeah, the the entourage thing is real. That's actually real. That's really? like a legit thing. Um, I don't know if it's a thing with Australian celebrities, but like she had four people and her own like makeup, hair, going with it always. And they'll just like, always. they just look like friends to her, like su- emotional support, basically. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like just walking around with her at all times. But you wouldn't talk to them? I didn't say one word to any of them, no. And do they like block people off from talking to her unless she engages them? No, nah, it's not like a physical... Like a bodyguard uh, yeah, it's not like that kind of situation because no one's these. We're on like studio ground. Like, there's no one in that place, in but, the whole place, let alone in that studio. There's no like security threat. It's just like they're her friends, pretty much. And <laughs> they just like do her hair and stuff and tell her she's great, <laughs> like, pretty much. Which is true. <laughs> I need that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. That's that's <laughs> honestly why I reckon you you have so many. Like musicians would be absolutely shocked when an album of theirs just doesn't do well, mm. 
because they'd have so many yes men around them. Yeah. Or women. And people are always telling them, yeah, they're great. And like you've, I've seen on YouTube, like listening parties for some yeah. albums yeah. that I think are fucking atrocious. And their friends and all like clapping after every <laughs> song. And what? yeah, of course you'd be shocked if the album tanks. Yeah. Well, that you're not going to get invited to the next one if you're just saying the truth. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're such a downer. It's a pack of enablers pretty much. It is. It's so wrong. You got to be close to the pack. That's mm. why I reckon the ones who do well are the ones who um, keep their childhood friends around. Mm. Yeah. Or the, like some of the biggest artists are the ones who are still married to their high school sweethearts. Yeah. Probably because they're the ones who don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg's wife does not. <laughs> yeah. She does not. Yeah. Sugarcoat well, anything. Like Bono, he's, I'm pretty sure he's married to his like childhood mm. girl. Um, bon Jovi. Same thing. Bon Jovi. I wouldn't have thought that. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you would have thought that good looking motherfuckers slaying throughout slaying the years. everything. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the other people on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, T-Pain. I think same thing. T-Pain. No. I'm pretty sure T-Pain. <laughs> no. Did you read sure. like a BuzzFeed list of just people <laughs> that still with their high school sweethearts? Surely T-Pain's gotta a keep, sluz. Gotta he's, gotta got the, <laughs> he's got the steez about him, I reckon. Yeah, that's weird. Up I, I'll... I'll pull this shit up. Because they're rock pull stars and, and rap stars. You just really like you yeah. <laughs> be taking advantage of your position. <laughs> I think I think it's like it must be like a survival mechanism. The people who are smart. You you keep those people around you. Yeah. Hold on to a piece of your past because otherwise everything, all your friends are people who you've met when you've been famous. So yeah. you don't know their initial agenda. It could be fake. Yeah, it's probably true. You can fake interactions for a whole lifetime. Yeah. If it's that beneficial to you. It's like a job. Yeah. Like people, they literally have monetized jobs. Like, I don't know how much, how many K a year mm. to like tell Delta she's beautiful and follow around. I like sort through comments. Okay. I don't know if you've oh, seen I, that episode of Delta's South Park. Delta's yeah. not making Where Cartman like hires people to sort through his comments and only tell him the good mm. things. It's pretty yeah. much just that. Everybody <laughs> loves me. Yeah. <laughs> Messed up. Dude, the social commentary on that show of the last few seasons has been off the charts. On point. Yeah. Amazing. That was a fucking fantastic one. Mm. Mm. But yeah, of course, if that was your job, of course you'd become fucking good at it. Yeah, it'd be hard. Mm. But that'd be your income. Would you take on that job? Depends who for, I think. I don't... It'd be a hard time if you were Bieber. Bieber's guy. I just, I just think you'd be so. <laughs> you'd want to believe it if you had that job, wouldn't you? Believe, <laughs> believe it. <laughs> I just think you'd be so replaceable, like so easily replaceable. Yeah. Like as soon as, like yeah, if you say one bad thing to them, they'd be like, "Oh, you're a fucking downer." But then as soon as their album tanks or their brand fucking goes down the toilet, mm. guess who they turn to? Mm. Why the fuck didn't you tell me this? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you, you pay me, <laughs> <laughs> me not to? Because you paid me not to. It's literally your fault <laughs> and you'll, you'll never get the praise if they do well. It's like they're, they're awesome or you suck, essentially. Mm. It's kind of like what the Church of Scientology is for Tom Cruise. <laughs> I've, I've legitimately heard that the Church of Scientology... <laughs> do you like that segue? That's segue. <laughs> <laughs> segue of the year. <laughs> You're his young man. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. <laughs> Um, so right now I've heard that that whole organization is set up to make his life just easier. Really? Yeah. Um, people are yelled at and berated at and 
like even beaten to make sure that they're smiling and laughing and jovial when his like around carriage pulls up and everything that he wants anything he wants is just given to him like that like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to live like that because it's a fucking fairy tale (laughs) so if you're the king of that fairy tale and you can stay in this bubble for the rest of your life and you think in your head, like at that point, you would be thinking in your head, you would be brainwashed to thinking that you are making these people's lives better. Mm. You wouldn't, there would be no, there would be no catalyst to actually get out of that. Oh, but he knew a life before it though. And he has his wife as well. Is and his wife Scientologist? Katie Holmes. Is she? She she left it because she was like, this is fucked up. When? Uh, years ago. It seems like something you can't leave. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she was like excommunicated. She left it in 2011. And they're so, still married. Huh? No, as in like she no, no. left him in 2011. She left him. Oh, him not Scientology. Yep. Was she and, a uh, and then, and then she she's left supportive. Sci- no, she was she became a Scientologist because of him. Yeah. Bow down to Zeno. Sorry? Bitch. <laughs> is, is it Zeno? Yeah, it's Zeno. Um but the guy who runs it now, so the person who actually started Scientology was L. Ron Hubbard, who had a Guinness World Record for writing the most amount of fiction, n- like novels that anyone else had in the world. Like outside even, of Scientology. Outside of yeah. Scientology. Because that's a fiction. Nice novel. dig. <laughs> <laughs> good, good dig. <laughs> like the, the crazy, the craziest shit. Like they could only, and just the the policies and um, beliefs and that. In the Scientology, what was it called? Dianetics, things like the the glass walls of the church could only be cleaned with apple juice or like <laughs> apple cider vinegar, or something mm-hmm. like bullshit like that that people take as bond. Yeah. But now it's being run by um, David Miscavige, who's some crazy, absolute nutcase, whose wife hasn't been seen since like t- 2007 or something. Because the church made her disappear for not yeah, being a Yeah, they probably killed her. I feel like I saw something about it. Maybe it was a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode. <laughs> I think it was to do... And Political commentary. Something about his, like, yeah, <laughs> about his wife not being seen for a long time. Maybe it was a dig at that, <laughs> now that you've said that. That's yeah. so good. And a lot of... I think that Leo Remini, you know that... Um, the King of Queens actress? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was Scientologist. Was? was and then left and she the reason she left or started doubting it was when she was at an event and she didn't see this guy's wife the leader of scientology's wife and she's like where is she and then everyone's like you can't ask that (laughs) and then the next week or something she was put into an into a room and interrogated and demoted or something like that and just punished for basically questioning this and then that just led her down this massive rabbit hole where she realized how screwed up this whole thing is. I'm surprised they get out alive. How do they? How do they get so many people on side of this brainwashing? Yeah, like, like you, you'd assume that like, like a few people at least would break out of it and be like, "Hang on, maybe this is a little bit fucked up." Mm. It's not even degree. infant indoctrination because Tom Cruise joined at what late thirties or something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even that you've been brainwashed from a kid. Where it's easy to brainwash. Well, I mean, I think there are two answers. Like, for your answer, the people who originally joined Scientology um, joined it because 
when it started, it was actually a, a really great self-help organization. Like they would um, help people become more confident, help people speak better. It was less about what it is now, which is such a cult following. Mm-hmm. And it was more about just getting feeling better, um, getting rid of depression, anxiety, becoming more confident. So people wanted to go there to become better public speakers. So things like that. So a lot of... in So the, the tenets of it back 40, 50 years ago were great. And then those people became Scientologists and started having kids. Hmm. Now those kids started getting really brainwashed. And the people who initially started in Scientology, have most of them have left. And as they left, they got excommunicated. But their kids have grown up from birth in this organization. And now they're fully into it and they're, and they're having kids. And so all of these people are becoming very cult-like because that's all they know. And they can't have outside information. But on the celebrity front, a lot of them who joined, I think, in their 20s and 30s joined because Scientology gave them insane access to Hollywood power. Mm. Like Russell Crowe. Um, I, well, I'm not sure of Russell Crowe. Um, who's the guy from Greece? John Travolta. John Travolta. So he he he's a Scientologist. Travolta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still. No fucking way. Yeah. When did he become a Scientologist? Um, before he became famous in Hollywood. As soon wow. as he became a Scientologist, pre Pulp Fiction, he yeah. was a Scientologist. Yeah. That's weird. I'm pretty sure he was in a couple of B grade movies, some shit advertisements. And I think the same with uh, Tom Cruise. Like, what's that? What's that one where he's a kid and he's like Home Alone, not dirty. Oh, I forgot what it's called. But that was that was Scientology's doing. So they got him the role. They they put. They're, they're the reason these guys are famous. They're good actors, though. Like they are good actors, but there are a lot of good actors, and there are a lot of people in LA trying to make it in the acting business. So just join the cult of Scientology and we'll make your dreams come true. <laughs> so it's like an investment of publicity for them. Mm. Invest in like a budding actor, get them massive, and then with their fans, they can tell them they're a Scientologist and they get their name out. But after a certain amount of years, you'd believe your own bullshit or their own bullshit and you'd brainwash yourself. Yeah. Was it always a supernatural beginning? Like, you know how you said it was like positive in, at the start. Did it still have that like supernatural founding material? Yeah, so that, that was always there. And it was written, the book Dianetics was the first book. And this guy wanted to, L. Ron Hubbard, wanted to call his organization, which people would come and become followers by his book, get better at self-help, public speaking, confidence. He wanted to make it tax-free, I'm pretty sure. So he started trying to claim it as a church. Uh, okay. um, so I think that's how it, that's how it started. But, so my, my old boss... At his old company, he said that when he was at his old company, and this is in the property industry, um, the company is started by two brothers, and they hired the Scientologist, some guy who's part of the church in Scientology. And after a while, this guy started really getting in the heads of the directors, and then started just talking absolute shit about my boss because mm-hmm. you know he liked to drink, he liked to party, just be a fun dude in general. And they started calling him a suppressive person. Like, this is the words they would use, suppressive person. And then the bosses started calling him that. And I think this guy was trying to convert the bosses and make the whole organization Scientologists. And then he was trying to convince the bosses to hire more Scientologists into the whole thing. And 
he had a one blanket rule. He was like, I'm never hiring a fucking Scientologist <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I agree with him. It sounds just like like a Trojan horse type thing. Mm. That's weird. Were they trying to hire them on the basis they were Scientologists to their face? Like, these are good people. Or was it like, low-key the Scientologists, but, you know, they have merit? No, I, I think it was more, hey, let me introduce you to someone. <laughs> I want to tell you he's a Scientologist right just this moment. He's always happy and he'll relieve your anxieties. Have mm. you heard about Xeno? Religion. I mean, I, I think there's uh, a lot of a lot of religions that can have similar effects. Mm. Oh, I just... Yeah, religion's one thing, but I think people just take it to a fucking extreme. That's why you have so many offshoots of, like, the very culty offshoots. Um... I think no religion in itself was started out. Oh, I, I maybe not started out, but no religion in itself is just inherently terrible. But it's how the people take it and how the extremists take it. Mm-hmm. And then some very persuasive people can create a lot of damage. And people who are far to one side of a spectrum or, you know, extremists to any degree, usually the most persuasive because they have the most out there message that people are going to listen to. Yeah. Mm. Either you're extremely persuasive Or you find an audience Who's very vulnerable Yeah Like Trump (laughs) (laughs) Yeah It's like the loud That's what they say Is it's the loudest person Will get the attention in the room Yeah And usually the one that's the loudest Is probably the one with one of the dumbest ideas in the room And it's just That's how you garner attention Publicity though right Yeah I bet you couldn't name Apart from Hillary and Bernie Yeah sure we're not from America But I bet you can't name Many of the other candidates. candidates. <laughs> no, it I wouldn't even be able to. Do my best mates, American. So, yeah, like that. Yeah, they they just weren't loud. Mm. And so Trump is of the mindset because he's he's reality TV boy. Yeah. So he's of the mindset that any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which that's in America kind of is. Yeah. Any any publicity makes you money. I mean, look at who the most praised people in America are: the fucking Kardashians. Kanye West, yeah. Trump, everything they post is arguably garbage yeah. after my dark twisted fantasy. Um, <laughs> but they're the ones who have the highest airtime, and as a result, they're making bank. Man, mm. politics was boring as fuck until he came in. Hey, like <laughs> if, if you think about it, people when he first became president or first started, you know, running for president, saying these outrageous, outlandish you know, misogynistic and racist things. Everyone was like, you know, oh my God, a president has just come and said this or, a, you know, a politician has said this and everyone's freaking the fuck out. And for him, this, this is just a larger stage. Yeah. But let's say that, you know, he loses his presidency or he passes it on to someone else and someone else gets voted in and they start saying really sensible, reasonable things to do with politics again. I think everyone's going to turn around and be like... This is boring. Let's change the fucking channel. Let's shake things up and vote Kanye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd, w- w- you've gone there now. Yeah. It's hard to say if it's changed the face of it. Yeah. Yeah. Permanently. Because it's pretty much like watching from the outside in for us. It's like literally a reality TV show. Yeah. Like the government shut down now thingy is like, what, 19 yeah. days long now? And Insane. we're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Is Trump religious? I don't yeah, know. Isn't he Christian? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure to be a Republican, you have to be Christian or support the values. 
I support public yeah, Christian I mean. values. He used to be a Democrat. <laughs> yeah, I but read then, that. <laughs> didn't you say publicly, like, uh, in an interview in, like, the 80s or something, you know, if I was going to run for president, I would I would run through the Republican route because all you need to do is support the NRA and big business. Yeah. And you've got everyone eating out of your palm, the palm of your hand. Yeah. That's no, exactly I, what he did. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think I read that as well. I think it's a great social experiment. Yeah. Um, I, I was, there was a point right after he got elected where I was like, he's a fucking genius mm-hmm. <laughs> Pure, purely for how well he is like got the American public in his hands yeah. and just warped what we think of politics. Now I think he's an absolute idiot because mm. I think his freedom is on the line here <laughs> and he's really fucked it. Yeah. But back then I was like, oh, this guy is either like crazy or he's the smartest dude well, there was still a glimmer of hope back then yeah because we're like maybe he will do some of the things he says or which was still scary because some of the things he says are crazy but it's like maybe he will actually get shit done and it's like well nothing's happened in two years yeah. i gather in 30 years though people are going to look back and those who are republicans are still going to say hey look he stopped north korea they stopped building missiles, and that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think that if he does a few more of those things, um, coming from that mindset of businessman, um, fuck the bureaucracy, I just want to get something done. Mm. If he does a few more of like North Korea-esque um, things, and I think he has the potential to go down as... Like a favorable one, president. One of the best presidents. <laughs> because people forget the little nuances and they forget the the twitter comments and all that and they just remember at a very high level okay Mm. what did this guy do yeah well the history is just a list of accolades so once you get to that point of it all being just boiled down to what actually happened yeah you're not going to remember that he was a complete and not a moron Yeah. yeah and and he's coming from such a low place like we're surprised when he does something normal. Mm. <laughs> so we're not surprised when he does something ridiculous and yeah. stupid. So when so you're at low. such a terrible <laughs> level and and you have such low expectations on you, you don't have to be very special or very exceptional to be considered exceptional. Yeah, or surprise the public. Yeah. They're just the lowest common denominator, like the Kardashians and all that. Like you're just appealing to... In a smart way, you're appealing to the majority, which is sad that the majority <laughs> thinks that way, but that's how it is. Yeah. So, it's, it is smart. You can't really look at it as anything other than that. I mean, you can look at his speeches as something completely different because they're just like, <laughs> you're just sitting there watching them like, what am I listening to right now? How is this guy running the most powerful country in the world? I just love how he's such like uh, such a denier, like mm. in the face of... You know, an interview where someone will show him a clip of him saying something <laughs> that he's he's clearly said. He goes, "Nope, that's fake news. No, absolutely not. There's no one else I feel on the face of the earth that could get up in front of the entire world and be like, no, I disagree. That's a lie. Yeah, it's Photoshop. There's, there's visual <laughs> evidence. It's Photoshop. Yeah. Didn't he say he could like shoot someone in broad daylight and something? I can't remember. I would be surprised. Yeah, something like he said he could shoot someone in broad daylight and still have them on his side. Imagine if you just said that about, like, Obama. Mm. We would both be like, what? He said that? Yeah. And, like, Googling <laughs> yeah, it. Like, exactly. I need to find this out. It's like, And then I'm just like, wouldn't yeah. be surprised. 
<laughs> like when people talk about Morgan Freeman these days, like I remember two years ago, everyone was like, oh my God, he couldn't do anything wrong ever. And then there was the alleged sexual abuse mm-hmm, case. Mm-hmm. And now it always comes to, hey, he's a real good guy, but he did that one fucked up thing. Mm. With Trump, it seems to be, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty fucked up person. <laughs> but all of a sudden, hey, like one day he might actually do something right. And people will be like, I remember the one good thing that he did, though. <laughs> yeah. Set the bar low. It wasn't though. all he bad. Did okay. <laughs> Outrageous. Do you watch House of Cards? No, I haven't. Not out of uh, any actual reason. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Neither. Because, yeah, he kind of went down the chimney, didn't he? <laughs> he, he? He definitely went down the chimney. I, so, I don't know if a scandal like that, because his was pretty heavily publicized. I don't know if a scandal like that will actually up the ratings of your show. <laughs> and because people are kind of going back to rewatch your shows, yeah, just to kind of analyze everything again, yeah, <laughs> like you just get an entire audience swap over. Like everyone who's watching goes, "This is foul," and gets off. And everyone who hasn't watched it goes, "I need to watch this." I'm interested to watch. It. I've heard amazing things, and I heard that last season or the last two suffered without Horrible. him. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great actor. I'd, like, it's hard to say mm. if you should stop someone from doing their job because of weird past actions when they're so good at it it's like it's weird i i think you should stop them for from doing future work Mm. um i don't think you should dismiss their previous work Mm. yeah so because it's not just them there are so many other people whose income will rely on um that show reruns from that show all the royalties so you can't just put a blanket never watching that again because Kevin Spacey fucked up yeah but I don't think like someone like that should continue getting roles because you if he if he is getting future roles and the only roles he would get would be massive lead roles because he's the perfect person to play them Mm. he wouldn't be getting b-side roles so he'd still be treated as star royalty and by doing that you're putting other people I think at danger Mm. by putting them in his But would you be presence. because of all the publicity around that now? Surely there'd be more eyes on it than ever. Uh, good good point. But would would people... Because Hollywood seems like a pretty scummy place. Yeah, yeah. Would people not want to call, like, him, out. A, call him out on that and yeah. say, oh, that pollutes his artwork? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can don't, really don't, don't stop him touching young boys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the reason they're getting such a good performance. He's relaxed. <laughs> Oh, he's <laughs> get him to whatever stage he needs to be at. <laughs> Where's my fluffer? <laughs> yeah, we got real dolls now. So many celebrities get away with this shit, man. Like, mm. imagine of all the people who lived this life and died and will never, ever, ever know that they were kitty touches or things like that. Mm. Like, what do you mean? We'll never what? We'll never know that they were, you know, like they got pedophiles. away with it. They got away with yeah. everything. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even sometimes they get away with it, even though people found out. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is like, it's well known that he abused the shit out of his wife. And he's like, you know, the arguably the best boxer of all time. Mm. And, you know, bashed his wife. Like, she's taken some, some world-class <laughs> knocks. And yet everyone's like, oh, but he's never been beaten. I want to see him fight Pacquiao. I want to see him fight McGregor, though. Yeah. And people still pay to see it. And it's like... I, I don't know where you draw the line in that. It's a real gray area. Mm. Because he, it's he's like, got to be imprisoned. Because Kevin, like, <laughs> he did those things in that industry that he's working in. 
Mm. Whereas like Mayweather, like you know, it's not, it's not in, it's like a personal life thing. It's not involved in the industry, maybe. And he should be imprisoned. And then after, it's a, it's the same with the Tiger Woods thing. Watch it. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, should Tiger Woods lose his sponsorships because he cheated on his wife? Where you'd see, I'm sure most of the people who's in charge of deciding his sponsorships have probably cheated on their wives too, yeah. or husbands. Yeah. But I'm not a role model, man. Okay, that's what they'd say. <laughs> I mean, you look at these celebrities and they're meant to be role models for children and the public. And therefore, because you've chosen that path, you have a social responsibility to not do heinous, terrible things. Why? Why Why is he... Do you humanize these people? Yeah, why can't you still just be... Why can't human? he still just be the best fucking golfer Yeah, and win all these things without... Saying, you know what, I want to. I'm not that I'm, not that I'm endorsing it, yeah. but why, why can't he do him and just play his golf and win his championships? Well, I agree with you, but it depends whether you've cheated on your wife or you've, you know, touched a kid. But it, he cheated on his wife, but he lost his sponsorships. I don't think he should have lost his sponsorships. <laughs> but he's still out of play, isn't he? Yeah, he's not like Kevin, play. who's not going to work probably ever again, ever. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. He, like he can still be the best. He can still be the best. That did throw him off his game massively, though. Yeah, that people found out that he's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of deserve to be thrown off your game for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it should come into, like, yeah, the golf playing. Because people still want to see excellence, and he's arguably the best ever. It's like, well, we don't want to suppress that just because he's a bit of a dick in his personal life. Mm. Like, I still want to see if he's going to break records, stuff like that. But, But it's surprising that that threw him off so much because you can't be at the the level you're at without having this tunnel vision Mm. psychotic focus on that one ball going into the hole and not letting any distraction like there is no way that you can be the best in the world without having that zen like mentality so i thought it was pretty interesting that he was so thrown off and that he was like knocked from number one quite easily hmm. it's like john mayer kind of went down down the tube after that whole playboy playboy interview playboy interview <laughs> yeah like he's still great i never saw that i never saw it either but i heard all about it heard all that's the thing <laughs> was he, like, yeah. he was confessing to being like a, a narcissist uh no this was when he said uh jessica simpson was like sexual napalm <laughs> in an interview <laughs> and that like room down the drain like that, that was and he bad. had a pretty racist dick oh yeah. The same one. <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know if that was the same interview but yeah uh, i heard that one as well like he, he was, was like my, saying... my my penis is not very racially diverse <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't even like i didn't even like he's just being himself in interviews he's always been like that. yeah like, it's just that one that gets publicized and like, now he's kind of like chilled out and he knows that you can't be like that in the public eye like if your friend said that to you you'd laugh yeah exactly and you see john mayer say it on tv and you're like what a bad guy. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> on camera. This is logger room talk. <laughs> but, but then he just kind of disappeared and went into hiding in Montana. Yeah. That was also due to his voice, though. Oh, yeah. He got those nerds. Nerds. Yeah. yeah. No, he made two blues albums. Yeah. Because he could like sing. country. <laughs> country, yeah. Country. Almost, yeah. They were country, yeah. Bluegrassy, yeah. Yeah, very bluegrassy. What did you think of Born and Raised? I thought it was a fantastic album. Yeah. Oh, that was a good album, but I didn't. it's not my genre to listen to. But I rate how he was like, I'm going to do, you know, I've done all my pop stuff. I've, mm. you know, caught the public eye. I've made my money. I've appeased the public. Now I'm just going to do me. Mm. 
And then he came back with like, what was that? The most recent album, Paradise Valley. No, 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 that was after that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Um, It was like search for meaning or something. Yeah, search Search for everything. Search for everything or something. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was alright. Paradise Valley was pretty fucking boring. Yeah, I didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. I mean, everyone wants him to go back to Continuum. That's that's the general consensus. Are you a Continuum or a Battle Studies guy, though? I'm a Continuum guy. I'm Continuum Battle as Studies, well. yeah, yeah. Too much production for me. I really? love the tracks. Yeah. Uh, Edge of Desire is freaking amazing I think it was track. horrible, horribly mixed, though. Mm. I think um, Battle Studies was a terribly mixed album. It was it's all just, over the place. It was just like... It sounded like everything was clipping mm. or nothing came through crisp. Mm. Continuum was fantastic. Um, Room for Squares was fantastic. Yeah. Heavier Things was okay. Was Neon what put him on the map? No, no. not at all. Your body was a, your body's a wonderland. Put him on the map. And no such thing. Right. Waiting no on the world thing. to change. That was a big one. Uh, waiting on the world to later. change was Continuum, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, it was why Georgia. No such thing in your body's wonderland. Yeah. Neon Dion did nothing for him except made the guitarists really interested in him. But that's what I mean. Like and it only seriously. And it only made him uh, it only made the guitarist interested in him when he started playing it as an acoustic thing. Yeah. Because yeah. as a as the original neon track, it's, it's just an electric. A, it's just a funk electric. Yeah. Um you you can't even understand how complex it is <laughs> on the recorded version. Hmm. I don't think the guitarist took him seriously for a while. I think it was until the Where the Light Is live yeah. album uh, show, show came out. Because that's where I took him seriously when I saw him Same. actually chopping out. Like, Same. That's when I was like, Jesus, I can actually watch this guy and learn some stuff. Yeah. I think slow dancing in a burning room is mm-hmm. like internationally like recognizes the sexiest song of all time. <laughs> it's such a good song. I've read so song. many Reddit forums and everyone's in general consensus. Like, yeah. Like, let's get it on as cheesy. But slow dancing is actually like... I don't know. I don't think I'd do it to slow dancing. You've never done it to slow dancing. No. I want you to do that tonight. <laughs> you, you, you come and tell me in the morning how that was. And I've done it to some Justin Timberlake songs. Everyone does it. Justin really? Timberlake. Filthy? No, like... <laughs> like exactly. Will you make your love of, or you fucking... <laughs> some of the shit from his 2020 experience album. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, like the classy Justin Timberlake. That was a good album. That was a fantastic. Was a good album. double album, actually. I saw him. I saw him play. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars Australian to go see. But like the whole stage lifted up and then like moved over the top of the crowd. Like I was looking up into his, like the gurge of his pants. Well, like it was a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Far out. What an experience. It was like I would I would him for the pure I mean, I love the music, all these guys, but for the pure show aspect, him, Bruno Mars, Coldplay, those guys, I would would be worth the money for the pure like the show, show aspect. I think Pink leads that one. Oh, apparently, yeah. her shows are insane trapeze and like circus like stuff. Yeah, crazy. Well, she, stuff. Apparently, she's doing cardio like three hours a day yeah. type stuff. Yeah. You have to. You can't sing. And so fit. Fergie's like the same. That. Apparently, yeah. Fergie, like in the peak of Black Eyed Peas, was like doing. Lady Gaga too, would be the same. I think Lady Gaga's. I think she's a got a different more. type of show. Yeah, because like Pink's is so physical. Yeah, I feel like Lady Gaga's more like costume and that kind of masquerade thing. What are you um? What are you releasing these days? Uh, nothing right now. The latest one was something I called Three by Three, which is a compilation of just three different 
kind of stages. And I just wanted to get it all in one spot on Spotify so I could kind of let it go out of my the brain storage. What do you mean three? Oh, stages, not like live arenas or anything. No, no, yeah. no. Like, um, like I had a few of my early band from high school. Yep. Um, a few from Bedroom Born, which is an EP I put out, and then a few from another EP that I did with M Squared, Michael Painter and Michael DeLorenzis. Oh, yeah, down in Prankston. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just put them all together and said, like, this is what I've done so far, basically, yep. so that I don't have to think about it anymore. How are they? Yeah, it was good. And I was happy to get in one spot and pretty good response from people. I mean, they'd all heard it before because it's stuff I've obviously already released. Yeah. But just to get in one spot, it's easy to let go. How did you find the difference between your self-produced one versus M squared? Um, well, none of them are self-produced. The Bedroom Born was done by David Carr, um, who's uh, yep. head's Rage Master in up in the up in the bushes, kind of like upway yep. that area. So he did that one, and then the band ones were done by kind of him and also another guy, Anthony Blake. So okay. I'm not a self producer at all. I have no mm. idea what's going on there, <laughs> and I don't want to. Yeah, I leave it to the pros. Keep it pure. Yeah, and but there's a very different sound between David Carr's mixing and ear and production towards uh, M Squared's. M Squared's so polished, mm-hmm. yeah. um, like they really no mistakes. Yeah, yeah, radio quality stuff. And David Carr's is more raw, and uh, there's good aspects to both. So I know I know Michael Painter's got this um, this kind of theory. Oh, it's not a theory, but he says that all tracks, or if you want it to be on radio, if you want it to catch the listener appeal, mm. they should have something very jarring about them. Yeah, like did I don't know if he he said the same to you. No, there should I don't be think I've heard there that. should be one kind of off thing, like a weird sound or a weird bridge or something that's a bit off mm. that makes you re-listen and try to really understand it oh, okay i haven't he, heard that but it makes sense that with you no i've never but it makes sense to have something that sets you apart yeah from the amount of crap they put on the radio these days well imperfection is appealing to the ear mm. like scientifically like a sign but like a scientific imperfection yeah 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 like a like a well-produced imperfection mm. that's good like have you ever have you ever read up on um people in their full mixes they'll put imperfections like to the point that you you can't even really hear them out of tune, like over the top guitars yeah. in the background, and you can't even process it, but your brain does, and you're like, I like this, really, and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's kind of the same as in horror movies; they put that super low rumble frequency, yep. and you only feel it, you don't hear it, mm. but it makes you so uneasy. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Like that we're reacting to something that we don't know we're reacting to. It's sound design beyond audio aesthetics. Mm. It's it's real cool. Yeah, it is really cool. There was there was a video on on YouTube I was watching of the guy who mixed I think it was Rihanna's um like Diamonds in the Sky song whatever it was called. And there were there was something like 48 or 52 tracks on this just instrument tracks. And he's showing you how he's mixing these things and you can't even hear probably 80% of them, mm. you can't even hear them, but they're just so low and so deep that they just probably add this little polish here and there. But it's ridiculous to think that people are putting those all in. And as a final listener, you're not even hearing them. And especially to the average regular listener who's just hearing them in a club or hearing mm. them on the radio through their shitty car speakers. Yeah. 
Like none of that's coming through. Yeah. To them, it's just all color and stuff. And these producers are probably sitting there watching this guy on YouTube, like taking all their tracks and just dropping them yeah. to like, <laughs> negative 10 dB. Yeah. And saying, hey, I really like that. <laughs> what are you doing though when you get to like, we progress to the point of scientific formulaic perfection. Yeah. And then we get used to that and we don't like that anymore. Like you're going to need to start going like musically. backwards. Yeah. Musically. Yeah. It's weird. I was I was kind of thinking about it the other night and I put them into two categories and I was like, there's the normal band or there's the normal song where like something usually shines, mm-hmm. whether it's like a guitar riff that's awesome, it's a funky bass riff, it's a it's a drum uh beat. And then I was like, but then there's other stuff and it kinda of, I kinda of started with Prince and it's like where nothing not usually does an instrument shine in a Prince song. It's all just like instead of having this big and this big and these two things low, it's like ten little things just coming together. Mm. And then I was thinking Pharrell does it a lot as well, like blurred lines. Mm-hmm. Nothing's like shining there, but there's probably like fifteen tracks going on. Oh yeah, and it's just like coming together. Ten drum tracks. Yeah, it's all like percussion. It's all just coming together to make this like jigsaw funk. Yeah, and I was just thinking like that's like the olden days was just like something's going to shine or a few things are going to shine, and these days it's just like production's gone to just this kind of jigsaw thing just like put it all together to make this one really cool thing yeah and i don't know which is cool <laughs> well it's it's yeah i 100 agree i would it's actually funny that you take prince as an example i would never take him in as an example i love prince mm. but i don't like his like production mm. at all yeah. yeah like even purple rain i i will take all of prince's live like performances over, over his, his recording. studio recording. I think his yeah. studio recording is a dog shit. I don't even enjoy um, Purple Rain, to be honest. I love Red yeah. Corvette. I love Cream. Yeah. He's a character. I yeah. think that's the primary thing. Exactly. And then musically... He's a fantastic he's a personality. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. Have you seen that live Purple Rain solo that he does? Oh, yeah, yeah. It starts raining at the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Something, yeah, something crazy yeah. like that. So crazy. Or the uh, my, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guest on one of the... I think it's... I don't know if it's concert for George, but... He, oh, and it's got that lineup of just crazy musicians. Insane guys, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he plays a ridiculous solo. Mm. Um, but yeah, but going back to what you were saying, it all got really polished for a while. And then that from 2000 to 2010, everything was so polished. And then all the R&B artists started coming out with more live music. Mm like they did back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Like Chris Brown on Fine China. You'd have that. Um, do you remember that song? Yeah. And he would have like that live bass and he would have like live drums and stuff. And everyone's just moving back to that. And then Anderson Park and Kendrick. Yeah. They all just got huge bass off of their jazz guys and playing with the roots. Mm. Um, so I think, I think, I think you, you always overcorrect like everything in human nature, and then you come back down. And then you go up and overcorrect and come back down. I'm re- I heard something the other day. I'm really looking forward to 2020 because someone was like, I reckon the swinging 20s are going to come back. Come back. back. <laughs> but like with like an electronica kind of spin on things. That would be cool. Like imagine if everything was just swung and everyone's just like swing dancing, gacked off their tits <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the clubs. <laughs> like how good would that be? <laughs> It's easy to imagine, to be honest. Yeah. Like, we're not that far from it because people are going, like, you look at the op shopping, you look at all that old fashioned, like, it's not hard to believe that in the 20s we could go back to, like, a modern version of just, like, original cool shit. Absolutely. 
Hmm. Um, so what are you writing around that? Like, what are you writing about in your stuff? Uh, well, it's hard. Uh, nothing right now. Like, I'm writing the grooves, and I've got about eleven grooves that I'm really happy with. Um, whether they're guitar riffs or. But when when you actually make your lyrics, are you doing them after you make your music? No, no, they're random. So right now, I got a note on my phone that's called random lyrics, <laughs> and that's got pages and pages of random lyrics. And once I've gotten the groove to a song and I figure out like a melody that I like, mm. I'll figure out which lyric fits that. I want it to pretty much be a. Um, there's one song that does have attached lyrics right now, which was called Digital Feelings, and it's. I want the whole thing to kind of be like a social commentary of right now of where we're at in terms of relationships, I guess. And Digital Feelings is about like uh, never being able to meet someone but loving them, which is pretty much uh, like all the online dating sites and stuff. And it's like we're making these connections without have ever having met them, which has never really been the case in human history except for maybe pen pals and you know, mail, stuff like that. Sexting with people. You just matched with, yeah. On Sliding Tinder. into 1700s DMs by a paper <laughs> and carrier pigeon. <laughs> carrier pigeon sexing. What's up? <laughs> yeah, but like, what? What are? What a ridiculous thought that is that mm. someone might be ten kilometers away, mm. or you might say travel the country, set up your Tinder, and match with someone, and then within two hours, in an attempt to meet them, you're already sending them dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> or like asking for nudes. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Do you reckon they painted their penises in if the 1700s equivalent of dick pics? <laughs> Commission. Carry a pigeon Commission the painter <laughs> for a penis. Oh, like painted on an actual canvas. <laughs> yeah. Because you can scroll lie it up. About and that. You can definitely lie about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then a month later, you get something back from over the canal. <laughs> Bird's nest. Um, yeah, it is weird. It's like. What grounds do you have to do this? Like you don't, you don't. There's no grounds to do this. Like why? I don't know. It's, it's a whole. <laughs> but how quickly it changed? Mm. How quickly? You know they have elite Tinder now. You need to be invited to be on there. Really? I how did. do you get invited? I got invited. Yeah, really? Sure yeah. you would. You fucking cuck. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm so like I'm not sure. I've got to find the name of this thing because I was invited through. Facebook, someone sent me the link. Mm. And I'm like, I shit you not, I think this is a networking site for mm. like <laughs> entrepreneurs and business professionals. Um, it's Tinder or is it another site? It's Elite Singles or something like that. Because no. I've seen that around Facebook. It's like, oh, we're not a dating site. We're like, this is not we're a networking site yeah. for motivated professionals. Professionals. Yeah. Someone who happened to be single. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious watching from the outside in. Because mm. like I've been like in a stable relationship now for about eight months um, with my girlfriend and now like kind of looking from the outside in it's like what are you guys doing uh, <laughs> like, just go out and meet someone yeah. have a good conversation so it's called the inner circle mm-hmm. I definitely signed up for that oh yes the inner circle I've seen that around yeah so they they um, you have to be like invited featured on Cosmo Esquire L all these things you have to be invited and then you have to sign up. Like you have to actually answer all these questions. Mm. So in a circle, I don't think. Yeah. So it says, so I didn't read it properly, but it says uh, exclusive in- invitation um, 
to join so-and-so who invited me on the inner circle and meet up with the most inspiring singles. So I, I'm not thinking dating because inspiring. Mm. It's not like anyone on Tinder is inspiring. Um, <laughs> so you answer all these questions, I think, like about your income and all this stuff. And at the end of it, I, I have no idea that this is still a dating site because mm. I'm in a relationship as well. Mm. And they, I think they send me an email saying, oh, meet singles now. And they had all these matches and i'm like oh what what the fuck <laughs> so then i and then the only way i can get off is to email them back yeah like send them an email to their customer support and be like i actually don't want to be on this thanks but so I you thought, thought it was an entrepreneurial platform. i thought it was a networking site uh, okay to meet like millionaires and <laughs> <laughs> you're like hell yeah sounds sick what uh, i've like, heard in the modern new era clients. Though, is it's like <laughs> it's a new clients. i've heard in the modern era now it's like a cesspool for elitists and insta models and you need to have like minimum fifteen thousand followers to even be considered and like obviously if you're like you know an elite entrepreneur Mm. And you want to get your rocks off. Do you want to get your rocks off with like an elite entrepreneur that does go to the gym that spends every day at work? Or mm. do you want to have that Insta model that's posting fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, seven times a week, 12 times a week, looking, banging? Like if it's in a circle, are they basing it off looks or entrepreneurialism? I think they're basing it off your net worth. Net worth? Maybe. Like... Uh. I'm sure it'd have some kind of correlation with what's that sugar daddy's website? Ah, uh, um, seeking no. Yeah, I think it, yeah, something like that. I think I was seeking that. arrangements. Yeah, that's one. Seeking arrangements. Yeah, I've known a lot of people on those sites who are making a lot of money, mm. like a lot of girls who are like the babies, whatever they're called, sugar yeah, babies, sugar babies like, who yeah. are like killing it, being like one, two grand a week. Yeah, just. Not even having sex. Yeah, it's with these not guys. even inherently sexual these days. No, is it? it's, it's just, just companionship. Yeah, I used to date this girl who's getting paid anywhere between one and two thousand dollars just to go out to dinner. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. go out just to get free dinner. I do. without the thousand dollars attached. I'll a company for like a steak. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, disclaimer: I'm actually very much up for this contact. <laughs> contact my people. Contact your people. <laughs> you should be a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I haven't got the bank. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. I I knew these I knew these two girls. You did too. My friends. You knew uh, them. your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they one of them they were both uh, dancers. Mm. Um, in the Christian sense of the word. <laughs> and. <laughs> And <laughs> light sense of the yeah. word. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's it's not inherent. One of the Christian weirdest two phrases. Sodom and Gomorrah sense of the word. And one of them was a like a sugar baby to this old rich dude, like in his fifties. Mm. And she was a friend of the friend that I knew. Mm. So she'd be making about every time she'd go out with him for dinner. Mm. Nothing sexual. She'd be making about three, four grand every time they'd go Holy out for dinner. Crap. And they would do it about once a month and she would dress up real nice and yeah. they'd stay at the hotel. They, as far as I knew, they didn't do anything. Mm. Um, but then this one time, she told me that he offered her 20000 for the sex. Mm. 
And I was like, <laughs> you got and like the amount of money that people have is obnoxious because